Amen. I'm glad that truth is marching on. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you turned on the news of this evening and they reported how many preachers preach the gospel today? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if they turned on, if on the news they told how many people went to church today, how many people didn't break the law? You know, it, it, it is a shame that our fear and faith is controlled by the narrative of those that desire to control it. This is the narrative I have decided to control my attitude, my faith in life, and I'm glad to be reminded of songs like that. God's truth is marching on. I want you to turn your Bibles again to that little book, the epistle, the third epistle of John. Now, if you think an epistle is an apostle's wife, that's a good guess, but you're wrong. This is the third letter. The word epistle means letter, and this is the elder John who lived to be an old man and died probably of natural causes, I don't know, uh, but was not martyred. And uh, he writes, and he writes to a third generation that the third generation from Christ needs to have revival and a desire to serve God as much as the first generation did. I want you to notice the words in verse number two that is my text verse. And I, I really pray that the message will affect our lives and our living today. Uh, the Bible says in verse number two, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, do you have a healthy soul? Do you have a healthy soul? He writes to the pastor, many believe Gaius was the pastor of the church. If he was not, he was certainly a good servant in the church. And he writes to him, he said, I pray that you prosper. He said, I pray that you be in health. And he said, I pray that your soul, he said in verse number two, that thy soul prospereth as your health. Is your soul healthy? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are many distractions this morning, and yet we come because we desire to hear the truth of the Word of God. We desire to fellowship with your people. We desire to sing the songs of praise to bring honor and glory and worship to your name. And I pray that you have received glory from our praise of you this morning, for that's why we've come. And I pray, Lord, that you'd fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit. As I preach this morning, I desire to be a blessing. And I pray that you'd help each one of us as we listen today. May the power of the Holy Spirit be evident in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It is interesting to me how much the Bible has to say about the condition and health of the soul. Now, what is the soul? It's important to know what the soul is. The soul is the eternal being of a man that dwells inside the body. When someone passes away, when someone dies, we understand that to mean the soul has departed from the body. Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the soul is the eternal being of man 
Within man, the soul that dwells in the body. The soul is who we are. The soul dwells within the body and the spirit dwells within the soul. I've given you illustrations like this before, talking about the fact that you and I are made in the image of God. Our God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is a triune God. You and I are made in the image of God. Let me show you a simple illustration. If I could illustrate this by that base being the body, and this soul is within, is put inside, uh, put inside that. So the soul is inside the body, and yet then the spirit of man is within the soul. There are three parts to this. I just want you to see a simple picture. Inside my body is my soul. It's what you hear. It's how we interact with one another. I preach and you smile. I preach and you say amen. I preach and you sleep, whatever it is that you do, but we respond, all right? Uh, I've been referred to as an anesthesiologist before. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> our soul is how we communicate. Now, the spirit that's within the soul is dead in trespasses and sins. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. But the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, the word quickened means to be made alive, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so the body that has the soul within it, the spirit that has uh, is, is within the soul. Now, I communicate, we communicate with one another that our soul, it's our mind, it's our attitude, it's our actions, it's our reactions. The spirit is what I communicate with God with. We communicate with God by our spirit. Now, if your spirit is dead, you can't communicate with God. That's why your prayers can't be heard unless you're born again, unless you're a child of God. When you receive Christ as your Savior, the Spirit is quickened. It comes alive, and you can fellowship with God. So we are a three-part being. It is interesting to me how many times the Bible talks about the condition of a man's soul, what you're hearing and what you're hearing with today. The writer John here speaks of the condition of the soul and that he desires for the soul to have health as does the body have health. Now, I won't have you look at all the scripture, but in Job chapter 3 and verse number 20, the Bible talks about a bitter soul. Have you ever met someone, you say, boy, they're bitter. That's poison. There's no poison any worse to put inside a person than the poison of bitterness. It begins with anger or it begins with jealousy like Saul was jealous of David. It turned into bitterness. It turned into anger to the place that he sought to, see, uh, that he sought to kill David. I do not want to have a bitter soul. You didn't come to hear a bitter soul preach today. You didn't come to sit beside a bitter soul by the way, God can change you. He can change your attitude if, he'll, if you'll let him change who you are. God's interested in the health of your soul. 
In Proverbs chapter 19, the Bible talks about an idle soul. It's not going in any direction. It has no action, has no reaction. It's just an idle soul, just waiting for life to pass by. I don't know about you, but I don't want a life to pass by. I want to live life in the will of God. I want to live every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year that God would give me in His will. I want to bring honor and glory to Him with my soul, with my mouth, with my voice, with my actions, with my attitude, with my behavior. I don't want to have an I don't want to have an idle soul. I want to have an active soul. In Psalm 107, the Bible talks about a fainting soul. Well, I just don't know if there's any hope. Well, I just feel like giving up. A fainting soul. Job talks about a weary soul. Psalm 42, the Bible talks about a cast down or a disquieted soul, a soul that's cast down. You see, you've seen folks that just always just down in the dumps. I've, I've said it around the country. I learned to preach. Or I started preaching in the barnyard. You've heard me say this. I'd preach to the chickens. They're always around scratching around. Just I'd preach. I, I told them, you're just always out here digging, scratching, trying to stir up trouble. I'd preach to the chickens. And then I'd go preach to the mule in the barn. He always had that long face, chewed all the time. I preached to him, told him how to be saved. He never did get saved, but he knew how. That old mule did. He was, he was what I would think to be a cast down, a disquieted soul. Then I'd preach to the hogs. That was a sorry bunch. The only time they ever moved is when they heard the slop bucket rattle. Then they would come squealing, and then they'd get full, and they'd just lay there. I'd preach to them for being lazy. I said, one of these days, I'm going to be a pastor, and I'm going to have a church, and I'm going to preach to people. And then I say, I'm amazed at some of the striking similarities that I find. But anyway, the Bible talks about a cast down or a disquieted soul. Job talked about a weary soul. The book of Judges talks about a trodden down soul. The psalmist said in 107.26, his soul was melted because of trouble. You ever got news that's bad news, that's tragic news, that's terrible news, and your soul is melted within you. You, you? you have no desire to live. Your soul is melted. John writes to Gaius and he said, I want you to prosper. I want your health to be good. And he said, I want your soul to be as your body. I want your soul to be healthy as your body is healthy. What are you saying, Gaius? I want the fellow that talks to speak like he's on the winning side. I want the soul that's within a man to talk like he's been born again by the grace of God, that his name's written down in the book of life and that heaven is his home. I want to say to you this morning, God is interested in us having a healthy soul. Now I want you to go back to the passage of Scripture because we find what made his soul strong, what made his soul healthy, what made his soul happy. I want you to notice what he says in verse number 3, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified they're talking about Gaius, and here's the testimony they gave of him, the truth that is in thee. Now, you don't, you don't get the truth by birth. You get the truth by working to get truth. Solomon said, buy the truth and sell it not. But notice, not only is the truth in you, 
even as thou walkest in the truth. I'm glad this morning that most of America is not like what is portrayed in the news. I'm thankful for those that know truth and know right and they walk in truth and they walk in right. But then he goes on to say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. May I say this morning, the first and most important condition to having a healthy soul is to know what the truth is. I hold in my hand, you have a copy in your hand of the truth of heaven. I don't care what the newscast says, what God says is true. I don't care what the rumors are, what God says is true. I don't care what social media has to say, what God says is true. And I hold in my hand this morning uh, the truth. I'm glad this morning I have truth. Whether that, be tr whether that truth be good or whether that truth be bad, in context of the will of God, all truth is good for us. Truth sets us free. Truth sets us free from fear. Truth sets us free from doubt. Truth sets us free from confusion, sets us free from death. I love truth. We don't judge the Bible by what a scientist has to say. We judge science by what the Bible has to say. We don't judge a, a, the Bible by a, the medical profession. We judge the medical profession by the Word of God. We don't judge the Bible by a professor. We judge a professor by the truth of the Word of God. And he said, Gaius, he said, your soul is healthy. Your soul is happy. And the reason that it is is because you have the truth in you and you walk in the truth. <coughs> Let me get a drink of water while you say amen. <clears throat> I love truth about God. <clears throat> I love the truth that my God is a sovereign God. That means my God is in control. I love truth about life. Truth about eternal life. I love the truth about eschatology or the future of what's recorded in the book of Revelation. Folks, can I tell you, this world is going to be burned. This is not heaven. Boy, I was singing yesterday, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. This world's not my home. Hey, I just want to get everybody I can to go with me to my eternal home and our eternal home. You see, I love the truth about the Word of God. One man described the condition of the world as if it's falling apart. And another said, oh no, it's not falling apart. It's falling in place. Jesus is coming soon. Now, if we're going to have a healthy soul, if we're going to have a happy soul, we have to work on being a happy person. A happy soul is more than the power of positive thinking. A happy soul is more than the power of a motivational speaker. It is a result of knowing and doing the truth of God's Word in our life. Knowing the truth of the Word of God is what gives us joy and confidence in life. For nearly 30 years, I've been your pastor. 
And you and I have been through a lot of things together. Some things that have been good and other things have been good for us. They haven't been enjoyable. It's like looking at a big steak or a piece of chicken and right beside that broccoli. One is good, the other is good for you. I got an amen right there from this young man down here. One little boy prayed. He said, Lord, why is there so many good vitamins in broccoli and so few in ice cream? I think that's a good prayer. We've been through a lot of things. Some have been good. Some have been good for us. But with all of my heart, I have worked every week to step to this pulpit with a healthy and a happy soul. And to remind you week after week and month after month and year after year, doesn't matter what the scoreboard says, what matters is the fact I read the last chapter in the last book and we're on the winning side and until then we'll keep on serving Jesus and I want to tell you today it's important that you have a happy soul in your house. It's important that you have a happy soul in your marriage. It's important that you have a happy soul at work. He said, Gaius, I want you to be a prosperous individual. I want you to be a healthy person but I want your soul to prosper. I want your soul to be healthy. I'm not interested in going to church and hearing dead orthodoxy. I'd rather hear a preacher who didn't know but five truths in the Bible, but he was happy about all five of them. <clears throat> you turn on the news all week long, and it's bad news, bad news, bad news. One fellow said this week, I don't understand, he said, you can get this virus by just breathing, but when I went to get a test, they put a Q-tip up to my brain to see if I had it. You would think I could just breathe on them and find out if I'm positive or not. I want to tell you this morning, I refuse to let Satan, I refuse to let Satan steal the joy of my soul. You don't need a preacher to come to the pulpit and say, well, folks, I've had a rough week and the old devil, he's got the victory and it's just been a tough time. I came to tell you this morning that while the devil's bark is loud and while his growl is mean, he's on a chain and God's got him tethered to the barn and he can't get any farther than God would let him and my God's still on the throne. I came to tell you this morning, we can't let adversity steal the joy of our soul. I refuse to let opposition or slander or lies or gossip take the joy of my soul. If it's not true, don't worry about it. Go on and rejoice in what is true. I'm going to give you six statements this morning I hope you'll take with you. First of all, my soul can affect your soul and your soul can affect another soul. I'm talking about my attitude, my soul, who I am, who you're here talking right now. I don't, I don't want to be an advance agent for the undertaker. I don't want to be an advance agent for the losing team. I want to be an advance agent for the winning side. Your soul can affect another soul. We hear enough news without you and I going, going around being a contributor to Fox News or to CNN. Let's be a contributor of the Word of God. Let's be a contributor of the truth. Let's let folks know, hey, I'm a child of the King. My soul can affect your soul. I want to affect it positively. I want to affect it spiritually. By the way, I believe this. If my soul is within my body, that my body needs to, be, needs to stay clean 
I think it needs to be spiritual. I believe it needs to stay away not only from the sinfulness of the world, but from the carnality of a backslidden condition. I believe my, my body needs to see and needs to hear the truth day after day. My body needs to be healthy so my soul can be healthy. By the way, if my soul is healthy, then my spirit can be healthy. And when I go to God in prayer, I don't go as a defeated child to a poor man. I go as a child of the heavenly father, as a joint heir of Jesus Christ, understanding that all things that God has given to his son, I'm a joint heir with Christ. And my soul not only affects you, my soul affects my spirit and my relationship with God. I want to say number two, my body is a temple of my soul and my spirit. I need to pay attention where my body goes and what my body does and what my body sees and what my body hears. It's good for us to come together this morning and sing the songs of Zion. It's good for us. It's good for us to look around and see others that are singing the songs of praise. It's good for us to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit having the Word of God preached to us. Our body is a temple of the soul. It is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Ought to work to keep it clean. The Spirit is what I fellowship with God. I need to keep my soul healthy so my spirit can have good fellowship with God. Satan is after our soul. Satan is after our mind. He not only wants to affect, don't miss the statement, Satan is after my soul. He wants me to have a defeated attitude, a defeated spirit. You know why? He can help defeat you through me if he can get my soul. He can hurt my relationship with God if he can affect my soul. I don't want to go to God defeated. I want to go to God in confidence. Aren't you glad we have a good heavenly father? You remember the story about the little boy that went to bed and he said, Daddy, he was already in bed, Mom and Dad was in bed, and he said, Daddy, I'd like to have a drink of water. Can you get me a drink of water? He said, Son, you've already had a drink. It's time to go to sleep. Five minutes later, the little boy said, Daddy, can I have a drink of water? He said, Son, I told you to go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. You can get a drink of water in the morning. About five minutes later, the little boy said, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Could I have a drink of water? The dad said, son, I told you it's time to go to sleep. I told you it's time to go to sleep. If you say that one more time, I'm going to come in there and give you a whipping. Three minutes later, the little boy said, daddy, when you come in here to give me a whipping, could you bring me a drink of water? <laughs> Can I tell you something? I don't want to go to God with a defeated attitude. I'm his child. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holds all the wealth of the world in his hands of rubies, of diamonds, of silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold. I'm a child of the king. I don't need to let the world discourage my soul. I need to have a soul that's anchored in the truth of the word of God that I can go to God with confidence and joy in my prayers. I was reading this morning in the book of Numbers in my, in my Bible reading as I'm going through the scripture for the second time this year and I read about how the children of Israel complained to God and God was angry because of their complaining. 
You know what happened? Their soul was bothered who they were. They began to focus on the circumstances rather than the God of heaven. I need a soul that is in sync with truth so that when I go to God, I can go to God in confidence. Do you know the passage of Scripture? It's repeated in Matthew and then in Mark. What should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? I'm going to see if I can walk without squealing. Now, it might squeal. I made it. I wanted to come over here and wake up a security guard in case we had any trouble. (laughs) You know the passage of Scripture that says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? We always apply that to salvation, and that is a proper application. But if you study that passage of Scripture, you'll find that the word soul is not just talking about eternal life. It's talking about a man's joy, a man's happiness. Have you ever met folks that had all the things of the world, but they didn't have a happy soul? They they, they didn't enjoy life. And that passage of Scripture applies to that too, where it says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world? If he had everything the world had to offer, but he had no joy, he had no happiness. I don't know about you, I'd rather have the joy and happiness. You don't have to choose between the two. But he's saying here, I want you to have a happy life. I want you to enjoy life. Folks, we got to go out of here as salt and light. We don't need to go into the world as a negative charge. You know what the world needs right now? The world needs to see some happy people on top side. We're living in a day of fear. Are you with me this morning? Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter. Let me show you something. I'm going to finish preaching here sometime today. 1 Peter chapter 1, go to verse number 6. It's not too hot, is it? You're comfortable, aren't you? All right. 1 Peter chapter 1, go to verse number 6. Before we read verse number 6, I want you to look at the end of verse number 9. Receiving the end, not the beginning, the beginning of faith is salvation. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now understand, it's all right to apply that to being born again, but I want you to look at the passage of Scripture. Look at the context. Verse number 6, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. It's not a bad thing for gold to be tried with fire. It makes it pure. It's not enjoyable, but it's a good thing when you and I are tried. Our trials, our trials of our faith come, and it makes our faith more pure. That's not bad. That's good. Then notice this. It might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love, and whom though ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end or the purpose of your faith. I didn't get saved so I could be sour. I didn't get saved so I can live a defeated life. I got saved to live in victory. Receiving the end of your faith, the purpose of your faith, even the salvation of what? Your souls. He wants us to have a healthy, happy soul. You know what children need? A mom and dad with a happy soul. You know what the psalmist said in Psalm 142? 
The psalmist said, no man cared for my soul. Now he's not talking about being saved. The psalmist is born again. We know David is saved. We know David is a child of God. He's not talking about nobody cared for my salvation. He said, nobody cared for what I'm going through. Nobody cared about my soul. Nobody cared about how I feel. And I want to tell you something today, dear friend. We need to reach out in our world that's broken today and say, Jesus not only will give you eternal life, not only will he save your soul from hell, he can give you a healthy and a happy soul even in the days of adversity. Hebrews 13 verse number 17 the Bible says of the pastor the Bible says that the preacher watches for your soul you know truth won't help you much unless you have a happy soul unless unless you understand that you're on the winning team I make these statements and I'm finished Learn to feed your soul. Feed it truth. Feed it truth. Most of what I hear people repeat is something that's negative. Repeat something that's in the good book right here. Feed your soul. Number two, defend your soul. You know what that means? Defend it. That means my soul has a right to rejoice. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Paul was in prison. You say, Paul, how can you rejoice in prison? Because my soul is healthy. My soul is happy. My my soul is safe. My relationship with, with God is what it ought to be. That's how Paul and Silas could praise God at midnight. Even after they'd been beaten and thrown in jail, they defended their soul. They worked to protect their joy. They work to protect their uh, gladness in life. Learn to feed your soul. Learn to defend your soul. And last of all, learn to protect your soul. I didn't watch 30 minutes of news this week. I didn't need to. I figured folks at church would tell me what they said. I'm just kidding. Have you ever noticed that they're sort of repetitious? You ever noticed if they can find one case to make it all sound terrible bad? You notice they keep a running total of how many tested positive for the virus? Have you heard about the folks that have got in line? They were registered for the test. They got in line, but they got impatient or they left and they didn't get to take the test. But two weeks or two days later, they got a letter that said they tested positive. Rocky Top told me this morning, he said, they gave me that test again. He said, told me I was normal. I said, you need to be tested again. (laughs) Protect your soul, folks. We're God's people. Stand with me, if you will. I'm finished preaching. I'll get you to stand, so I'll quit. There's no need for you and I to go through life with a sad, broken soul. We're a child of the King. Heaven's our home. Jesus is our Savior. This book is ours. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. This morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you need to be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
You must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If I ask you when your birthday was, you could tell us. But when were you born again by the grace of God? As a five-year-old boy, I received Christ as my Savior. I was born again. You've never been born again. You need to be saved this morning. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. This morning, if you don't have a happy soul, God's interested in your soul being healthy and happy. Somewhere between your chair and this altar, in just a moment, when he begins to sing the invitation song, you ought to put a bended knee or sit down in your chair, somewhere between your chair and this altar, you ought to say, I need to have a happy soul, not just for myself, but for my marriage, my family, my work, my church, wherever I go. I need to be salt and light. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us today. If there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, or if there's one that's watching online that's never received you, I pray this would be the day of their salvation. Dear Lord, we need to let the world know that you're still our God and you're still in control. May our souls be healthy, happy, and strong. Bless our invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings this morning on the invitation song.